0: Hello, my name is Emily Jansen, and this is the Leadership is Female podcast. I am a female leader in the professional sports industry, and my front office resume includes titles like general manager, vice president of corporate partnerships, and director of sales. Did you know that less than 25% of leadership roles in the sports and entertainment industry are held by women? We've got work to do. Why? Because companies with gender and or culturally diverse executive teams were 21% to 35% more likely to outperform the competition. Simply put, diverse leadership helps your bottom line. The Leadership is Female podcast is here to help. Marian Wright Edelman said, you can't be what you can't see. So I am here as your host to create visibility by interviewing successful women who work in sports to uncover opportunities and teach you the tips and the mindset that will get you to the top faster. I believe there's enough room at the table for all of us. Take your seat and join me week after week, season after season, as we reach back to extend a hand to pull you forward. We will lead you forward because leadership is female. Hey leaders, let me be blunt. Sometimes in order to level up, you've got to get a new job because of this awesome community we have created here for engaged sports professionals and leaders in adjacent industries. Opportunities are floating to this community. Do you want to hear about them? I want to share these new opportunities with you. Recently, I've included listings of available jobs in our newsletter and will continue to do so. If you aren't on that newsletter list, you can add your email at leadershipisfemale.com. And if you are hiring, email me at my personal email, emilyjansen at gmail.com, so that I can share your open role. If we want to continue to add diverse, talented leaders to our businesses, we have to look for new ways to recruit this diverse talent. 80% of our listeners on the Leadership is Female podcast are women. Find your next great hire here. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast, Lisa Feigenbaum, Executive Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for the Dallas Wings of the WNBA and Panther City Lacrosse in the National Lacrosse League. Lisa oversees all revenue lines of business for both the Dallas Wings and Panther City Lacrosse and will lead development and deployment of a business intelligence team while also being involved in all facets of business operations in her new role. Lisa will be instrumental in launching the new brand in the DFW market with her professional lacrosse team, Panther City Lacrosse. Prior to landing in Texas, Lisa served as VP of Group Premium Hospitality and Event Sales for the Sacramento Kings at Golden One Center. Lisa has also created a career advancement program and Women in Sports Network group that focuses on women empowerment, growth, culture, and camaraderie. She's also very active in the LGBTQ plus community. When I asked her about how she created these programs, her answer was simple. If you want to start something, just do it. Her energy and putting people first ethos creates an unparalleled loyalty and enthusiasm for both the organizations she works for and the cities in which she resides. Her philosophy to challenge status quo and ability to bring authenticity and collaboration back to the sales process is heard throughout this interview. Listen up. Lisa brings the energy today. Let's go. Welcome to the Leadership is Female podcast, Lisa Figenbaum, the Executive Vice President and Chief Strategy Officer for the Dallas Wings of the WNBA and Panther City Lacrosse in the National Lacrosse League. Welcome, Lisa.
1: Yes, you nailed it. You got it all. Thank you.
0: Happy (laughs) to be here. I got it all in there. That's amazing. Well, before we jump into the questions, you told me that you're in your first postseason. Tell us about it.
1: After 15 years in sports, and yes, I feel kind of old saying that, I finally am in my first postseason when the Dallas Wings just clinched uh, the seven seed the other night. So I am so excited, and I love that it's women's sports um, instead of men's sports, which was my past life. So very cool on both fronts.
0: That's amazing. Congratulations, and good luck. We'll be cheering for you. So tell us, Lisa, who you are, and uh, a little bit about your current role.
1: Yeah, so again, Lisa Figenbaum, I'm our EVP and Chief Strategy Officer. Again, a little bit of a unique title there, Um, but basically, I directly uh, oversee all revenue day-to-day, so ticket sales, ticket operations, partnerships. And I have the fun task of building out a business intelligence vertical, which I'm really excited about. And then I have a dotted line to the rest of the business. So PR, marketing, finance, um, and all of that fun stuff. So between strategy and people and staffing and all of those things, my day-to-day has been a bit of a whirlwind since I got here a few months ago. Um, But maybe it's the way we're all wired. I absolutely love the insanity.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. And speaking of getting there prior to landing in Texas. You served as VP of Group Premium Hospitality and Event Sales. Tell us about your journey to EVP and Chief Strategy Officer with the Dallas Wings and Panther City Lacrosse, and include that experience that you had in Sacramento in, uh, in hospitality.
1: Yeah, so I originally grew up in Connecticut, um, got my start at the Excel Center there, um, worked there for about five or six years, and then thing that ever happened to me i got pushed out of my comfort zone a little bit ended up in sacramento and have been there for eight years um what a tremendous group of people there we got to open a new building which if you ever have the chance to do that in your career do it um but so i i was able to take on some new responsibility and i really fell in love with the people there and my staff and so it became harder and harder to leave right i was in a good spot i was growing i had a great staff. Um, but I think, unfortunately, with the pandemic, we had some staff reduction, which I wouldn't wish that upon my worst enemy. So for those of you listening who had to go through something similar, um, you know, we, we made it through it. And hopefully we don't have to go through anything like that again. Um, but with that, I think it just made me do some soul searching and realize if I'm going to have to rebuild an entire staff here, um, perhaps this is my time to move, get closer to family, and explore taking on a much larger role outside of just our our revenue stream. So it was an impossible decision, um, but I'm so glad that I made it. And one of the big reasons, well, two big reasons. One, I just felt compelled to take my talents towards women's sports as it is about to, like, ignite here. And two, to be able to open and launch a brand new brand in the DFW market by way of our lacrosse team, like that's a super cool career opportunity too. So among other reasons, this just made a ton of sense for me um, and I'm loving it.
0: And it's an interesting mix overseeing both the WNBA franchise and a new team in, uh, in the National Lacrosse League. So how do you balance your work to serve both franchises? Mm-hmm.
1: Probably not well enough. Uh, no, Emma, it's a great question because here's the thing, they're two totally different fan bases, right? So it's not like you can take the strategy over here, rinse and repeat it, um, But but I love that too. So one of the things we're working on is staffing up Um, across all areas of the business. So I think I had 20 something roles open a month and a half ago. We've got about half of those filled. So shameless plug for anyone um, wanting to come join this journey, feel free to to reach out to me or Emily and and she'll get me your information. Um, But one of the biggest keys is just really forward thinking and planning, right? And so I just got done putting together a robust strategic plan on the lacrosse side which really helps understand then, you know, when marketing has to activate certain things, what's the PR plan? How's community really hitting the ground and making sure people know we're here? Um, So super unique opportunity, really trying to to plan ahead and make sure people understand at all levels of the staff, yes, this is going to be the most insane few months of your life. Um, No, you're probably not getting paid enough for it, but I can assure you it's the best growth opportunity you'll ever experience. And if you're passionate about sports, you're going to love this. Off seasons can be brutal, <laughs> as you know.
0: It's true. It, it never ends. This, it's, you know, super busy in season with activating. And then the off season, that's when you uh, do most of the business. So mm-hmm. you really dig in year round. And speaking of staffing up, you know, we've experienced really... I don't know. I don't have the correct adjectives to truly articulate the last 18 months. It's been letting people go. It's been hiring back up. It's been some mix of in-between at all different times. You are staffing up right now for a new franchise. Can you share some of your keys to hiring? How do you find great people? How do you ensure you've got a diverse front office? And then, um, this is like a three-way question. How do you onboard appropriately so that they are- as pumped about being a part of the team as you are. Yes. So it's, it's hard, right? And to
1: your point, I mean, sports has been decimated. There was a lot of top talent in sports who has left sports and is never coming back. So I think the first piece of it is us as leaders looking at these roles differently than we have in the past and perhaps taking more of a risk if you want to call it that on somebody who doesn't necessarily have sports experience but has really great experience in in another industry so i think that's a piece of it um as you mentioned diversity is extremely important to me across the board um so we're definitely doing our due diligence whether it's you know networking groups for women or, or people of color or the lgbtq plus community we're really trying to to get that out there Um, And I try to do as many podcasts and things like this too, to, to make, you know, people realize that one, it can be done. And two, there are roles open for you. And I will say, and I'm sure you would agree, there is no better time to be a diverse candidate in sports than today, right? So don't make excuses. Like if you want to get into sports right now, even if you don't have the level of experience that maybe was that barrier of entry before you can get in. Um, just make sure you end up in the right culture with the right people. Um, But this can be exciting. And then lastly, it's funny you mentioned onboarding. Uh, I just had our senior director of ticket sales and service start to hear us. She's amazing. Uh, Her and I were up till 11 o'clock last night. We did have two glasses of wine, but we were going through the entire week long onboarding. I mean, that is a massive lift, right? But it is so important. And I just want to make sure for the leaders listening, like you can't miss on both the first day experience and making that a wow moment for these folks, but also don't rush to get them on the phone and going until they're trained and and ready to go, right? Like losing an extra week towards your overall numbers and goal doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things. Take the time, go through it with them, do the role-playing, do all the sales trainings, do all that fun stuff and make sure it's engaging and have fun with it, you know? No one wants to sit there and listen to someone rant for eight hours a day for eight days, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, okay. You said onboarding is a week long for a lot of listeners. That will be a shocking amount of time, but oh. don't, don't rush. You never get that week back and you never get your first day back. So what are some of the things that you do to make that a while yeah. moment for your new employees?
1: Yeah. You know, I wish when, when we were the Kings, one of the things I started was our PA announcer would announce the the staff and they'd walk out in front of everyone clapping you know coming in at six five you've got so unfortunately the pandemic we can't do that here but um we've got some players um either making a video or coming in to really just show like thank you we need you to help fill the building and, and we appreciate you so there are a ton of stats that if people enjoy their first day and you create a wow moment that they will stay with you a lot longer so those are just two kind of quick ones but keep it engaging, keep it fun, um, and make them feel supported, you know, trying to rush through that. I mean, that's terrifying on the other end.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, You feel lost after the first minute in the office if, God forbid, somebody doesn't recognize that you're a new employee and uh, welcome you appropriately. And then if you don't get the chance to do the right training from the get-go, You can't retraining is going to suck up even more time. So making sure that you take a break and invest the appropriate amount of time to get your your new staff started the right way is 100
1: percent key.
0: Yeah. Well, you also mentioned strategic planning, and with Panther City, it's a new franchise. What are some of the things you've done to launch the brand to make it stick in the Dallas North market?
1: Yeah. And so this is interesting. The team itself launched over a year ago in the middle of a pandemic and, you know, there was great momentum, but then because we're a two property team and an extremely lean staff, I think the excitement and the momentum kind of died down as we were then focused on WMBA and all the protocols and everything we need to do there, rightfully so. So now we're kind of relaunching in the market and we're really taking a look at from a marketing standpoint, you know, how much can we invest in media buys, but most importantly, you know, for a smaller franchise, what's the free love and value we can get. And that's where the strategic PR plan comes in from media kits to inviting them out to a nice premium dinner and letting them feel some love um, to the community plan of like, what are the huge events that we need to be at from an exposure standpoint? And how do we Get in there, right? So, I think those are pieces of it. Um, and once we get our AE Army, I'm calling it in here, they're actually starting tomorrow. Um, we'll be hosting some larger events in our brand new arena, Dickies, where they can come in, you know, the good old select a seat. So, we have to engineer this excitement and market because nobody really understands lacrosse. So, they need to know we're here, they need to know we play in an amazing building, and they need to know that this is family affordable, fun. And to just come check it out, and we are so bullish that they are going to love it once they're there, that we're going to blow this thing out of the water.
0: That's so awesome. Family, affordable, fun is uh, another key phrase we use in minor league baseball. So I'm, I'm right there. there <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. And I'm, I'm pumped for you. I've got um, my son, my oldest son is going to be seven this month, and he's in full pads and lacrosse. And yes, I love that. Yes. Yeah, awesome. in, in Reno, where that's a really, really new sport, a new youth youth sport. And it's it's his favorite thing. You know, I am uh here working in baseball, but my kid sure loves lacrosse. So I love it. Make
1: sure to shoot me a note. We'll get him some autograph stuff, we'll make him feel cool. Um oh, that's cool. Love I love that. that.
0: I love he that. Would, he would love that. So you have implemented a career advancement program and women's sports network group that focuses on women empowerment, growth, culture, and camaraderie. How did you create these programs and how do you connect these groups?
1: Mm-hmm. I love this question. And first of all, I will note I did this before everyone was doing this. <laughs>
0: Yeah, right. um, early adopter, recognizing you know, what needs to be done. I love and it. And I
1: love that it is getting done, but, you know, a few things. One, I would say if you want to start something, just go do it. And that's what I did with the career advancement program. It was, there was nothing in place. And I knew there was a need, not only for retention, but, some, but you know, growth. Like, I fought ahead and realized we're going to need managers and directors. And we don't currently have a feeder system because we're not doing our due diligence to train these people up in that space. So it was really cool. We had a really robust program put together. And I think in its first year, like four people out of that got promoted into leadership roles. Um, so it gave it credibility. Um, and then it, a few years ago, they just did it company-wide. Like it started just on the revenue side and then they realized this is something we should do company-wide. Um, was this with Sacramento? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. what what were some of the, the key pieces of the training that helped you work with these, these folks to make them ready for leadership roles?
1: Yeah. And that's a great question because I think oftentimes people do these things to check a box. And I say that with all the love in the world, but just stop, like if you're going to do it, do it right. And so one of the things we did was ask them what type of training they feel like they need. Um, and then we, we really tapped in our executive team to be experts in certain spaces. So whether it's, you know, going from peer to manager and how do you handle that? What do the best managers do and what does that look like Um, to giving them a seat at the table of some of our strategy meetings, right? On the leadership side, we roll things out to the staff and think they fully understand how we got here and why and this and that. So even just letting somebody be a fly on the wall in those meetings really helps them shift their lens um, and is a huge equity win, and we matched them up with mentors and, and things like that, and just gave them some good visibility with the executive team, which is is always helpful too. But yeah, we brought in some outside trainers um, and in, included them in a lot of those pieces. Um, so it's not a one size fits all mold, but we hit on some some key topics, uh, which was really cool.
0: Yeah, that was super robust. So Lisa went through all of that really excellent content super quick. So I'm going to restate because you guys have to hear this. First was what training do you need? So flip the script on, on those that are in a part of the program. Access to the executives team. Uh, topics like going from peer to peer to a manager. Oftentimes that's stated as the biggest jump of your career is that first management role. Um, working on cascading messaging. The executive team will roll out a new initiative or some new thought pattern. How did that come about? So the way that Lisa had combated that was by allowing members of this program to be a fly on the wall in executive team meetings and then matching up with mentors. Did I did I get all that? That is a-
1: You said that way more eloquently than I did. Thank you. That was awesome. Yes, you captured it all. Um, and I, I want to hit on too so so similar with the women's group, same thing. A lot of these kind of turn into just happy hours. And don't get me wrong, the networking and starting the girls club, as I call it, outside of work with the women is important. But we also did things like training with the male staff on scenarios and helping them understand how they can help women. I'll give you an example. A lot of our female staff are harassed by fans, especially after halftime, after people have been drinking and feeling good. And while the men had great intent and wanted to help, some of them missed on how to do that. So we ran through scenarios on, here's how you can be supportive, or here are some scenarios that commonly happen in the workplace. How do you as a a leader and as a man shut down what somebody's saying? How are you inclusive of women in meetings? and make them feel by way of your body language and attention to them that their voice matters and just all of those things. So that was a really important piece of it. And then on the flip side, helping the women understand how to find their voice, how to have this confidence, how to support one another. Um, So those are just a few there, but the having the plan and really over the year executing against it and doing more than just happy hours or woman in sports night to me is the actual win.
0: Yeah. Okay. So oh, I'm apologies in advance. I'm definitely going to put you on the spot here with the training that you just talked about with okay. the training male staff on scenarios and women harassed by men at games. It happens constantly. And um, I went through it, I would say, every game during our last homestand. So I'm going to give you one of the things that somebody said to me and tell me. How to respond, or how you would train a man to respond if yeah. they were within earshot. Yeah. Okay, so let me let me let me pick just one for you. Uh, this man said to me, "If I wasn't married, I would marry you." You guys, we have a new website, leadershipisfemale.com. Please visit us and know that we are here to help get you to the top faster. Are you a career female looking for an edge? Are you looking for answers on how you can level up? Our purpose is to bring interviews with female leaders in sports each week through this podcast, Leadership is Female, so you can uncover opportunities, hear tips to elevate your career, Learn from our mistakes and successes so that you can get to the top faster. We're giving you all the advice we know now that we wish we knew then. We're extending a hand back to lead you forward. Let's go. Visit leadershipisfemale.com, join our newsletter, check out all the episodes of the podcast, and stay tuned for more resources to lead you forward. leadershipisfemale.com. dot you. Throughout this season of leadership as female, I've talked with several founders of the Pro Sports Assembly. I'm glad to become a founder too and invite you to join us at prosportsassembly.com. We are the association for people who work in professional sports. Our core purpose is the advancement of diverse and inclusive leadership. From finance to innovation, operations and sales to social responsibility, Marketing, human resources, and analytics, the assembly aims to ensure pro sports has a diverse and talented pipeline to lead these efforts and more. Visit prosportsassembly.com to learn more. Great. Great.
1: Um, yes, and and I would say that may be one of the more G-rated comments we yeah. get, right? And I say keep, this keeping I it a G.
0: Keeping yes, a G, yes, yes. I say this
1: because yeah. I want people to understand that this is very real, right? So, yeah. a few things. I don't think it's a one-size-fits-all mold, right? I think sometimes men have the good intent and they want to help, but some women are kind of like, "I got it. I don't need your help." So, I think starting with pulling that person aside and saying, "How can I help support you in this situation?" and hearing from them, like. I would love it if you could interject, or it's kind of like, don't worry about it. I got this. Um, It is a key piece, but um, just going over by your presence and kind of standing near the situation can sometimes help diffuse it too. A lot of times these, let's just say men in this scenario kind of stop if there's other people around Mm -hmm. who they feel like are observing. I think that's really helpful. Um, and then I think lastly, it's just like once the situation is over and hopefully it deescalates and there's a million scenarios, it's just, again, like, hey, just let me know in the future, you know, how you want me to support you there. Because some people want you to go over and say, sir, you are being wildly inappropriate. Leave her alone and like, you know, be better. And some people really would just prefer to mitigate the situation right there and, and handle it themselves. So that's what gets challenging. So always ask.
0: Yeah, I think those are really great tips. And in case you guys are wondering what I did, I, I actually replied and said, I think I should get a choice in this because he just assumed if I wasn't married, I would marry you as in I don't, I don't even get a say in this situation. And I think he, he kind of took a step back and um you can imagine who this person was, you know, an older gentleman at the game. And they, sometimes they tend to be the ones who, who say the most things and they think it's cute or funny, but you know, I'm a professional and I'm in my workplace and I don't deserve to be spoken to in that manner. Um, And then later on that same night, another instance happened and there was a man um, that I work with next to me. And he did try to just diffuse the situation and say like, you know, know that that's the person that can help you, not me, because this, this man was like, no, I want her to help me. He wanted this interaction with me. And it was really odd, um, kind of flirty. And he said, no, I want, you know, this, this person can help you and pointed to to the guy next to me, who was the one who could help him with the situation. And then afterwards, this guy did say to me, my coworker, um, Hey, you know, like, what was that? Okay. Like what, what should I do in that situation? Right. Is that how it would have been handled? And, you know, I said to him, I'm like, you know, it, it, honestly, it's all situational. It depends on how, how it was approached, like how it came up. Sometimes it depends on what mood I'm in, you know, but I always feel this, I, I want to do the right thing, respond in the right way so that I could hopefully prevent it from happening to, to the next girl. Yeah. Um, but, but those were some things that happened during, during the last series. And so Lisa, I'm so happy to hear that you work with, with the team, work with the guys and that the, you know, the girls club, the happy hour, the camaraderie is certainly so important, but what additional training can happen? How can we help these situations, um, in the future versus just just talking about the fact that they're happening all the time. So
1: absolutely. um, thank you for sharing your story. And that's great. And I think you handled that fantastically. The one thing that came to mind as you were telling that, that I think men with good intentions say, and they shouldn't, is something to the effect of like, well, you should be flattered. Again, there's no (laughs) bad intent, but please for the men listening, don't say that.
0: Yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't really need to be flattered while I'm working. Um, So anyway, I I hear you there. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's a really good point. And you've got a philosophy. And I think we're seeing these examples through this entire interview. You want to challenge the status quo. How do you do that in your day-to-day with the wings and the, and Panther City now that you're in this new world?
1: And it's funny, I laugh a little bit because I give the the leadership team and the, the the small team that was in place when I got here a lot of credit, because in some ways I think I came in like a wrecking ball with all of my disruption, you know, of like, I don't care how we've always done it. We're a two property team now. We have these aggressive goals to hit. like, here's what we need to try and, and do, right? So I do think there's an art to that on, on how to challenge and, and how to disrupt in a way where people understand the why and the vision and to get there. So. Um, but it's just like, it's, it's a new day, right? With innovation and technology. um, We just need to think differently about who our fans are, how they're buying from us and what our strategies are. We can't just keep rinse and repeating things. And in that you really need to assess, especially if you have a small staff or low budget and resources, you have to constantly be assessing opportunity cost, Right. I mean, is this the most effective and efficient use of my time, my team's time? Is this initiative going to get us the high visibility and the brand and market that it needs to? Or should we challenge, why are we doing this? And is there something we should be doing? And it's uncomfortable for people to do that at all levels. But I really encourage you at all levels to do that. I love, like as a a boss, I love when people underneath me come to me and say, I know you've asked me to do this, but do you think this is the most effe- effective and efficient use of my time? And when I think about it, I'm like, no, you're right, we should be doing something different. So um, I, I love it, um, I love being a disruptor and um, we'll see how it turns out for me.
0: What are some of the, the tools and technology that you've uncovered to find more efficiencies?
1: Yeah, and I mean, with the Kings, I mean, we were the most technologically advanced pro sports team period, right? So I was very fortunate to get to work for a leadership group like that. Um, And then when I got here and was assessing, what do we need and what's little to no cost? What can we trade out? Things like that. So zip whip, I think is a really important one, which is the um, cell phone uh, direct access. No one reads emails anymore, right? So like, if you need to get to your season base um, or you can post a QR code or text this number too, if you're interested in seasons. So it's both a service tool and a sales tool, which I highlight because some of these are just one or the other. Um, OneMob, I think, is a really great one where you can send a video, customize, and then beneath you have different links to a press release, to some cool images, to whatever it is. You can see who's opened it. You can see what they're opening. So it just helps you capture data yourself. Um, And then Tableau, I'm a huge fan of just from a reporting standpoint um, and optics, whether it's how you're tracking your FEPs, or your inventory, um, huge fan of that. And then Salesforce, we have Microsoft Dynamics, and we need to figure out a way on how to get Salesforce because creating a business intelligence vertical without Salesforce is going to be interesting. <laughs> I'll leave it at that.
0: Yeah, um, you use all of those those uh, technologies that you stated give you data to run your business and. Mm-hmm. The biggest shift I feel in sports over the last 15 years has been the shift from feel Mm -hmm. feels based on who's on the leadership team or who occupies the front office. Like how do we feel we're doing um, to this besides besides our sales numbers, right? Like we were using Excel forever and, and we were able to calculate our Um, our ROI and do all of our finances and budgeting and all of that. But we have this new discovery of data on the fan and consumer and marketing side where we can really test and measure and test again the success of the campaigns that we're running and our touch points. I mean, when I started in my career, it was you know, leave three voicemails. And if they don't call you back, you know, you're moving on to the next lead. Like now as old as I am. Okay, great. Yes. We are the same age. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) And so the new, that this new, new, I I say that in air quotes, because it's been an evolution to get to this point. Okay. We haven't heard from these people now, what not put them at the bottom of the lead list and recycle them up to the top.
1: No, I mean, you, you nailed it and it's, you know don't make assumptions i still even catch myself doing i like wait a minute i'm making a lot of assumptions here um and be really proactive right and one of the key bases is both with partnerships and season ticket sales really utilizing even short of a business intelligence group like how are you highlighting group uh, accounts that have low engagement um, or are at risk to not renew and how are you proactively getting ahead of that versus just throwing your hands up in the air when they don't renew like you've lost at that point right so I mean that's just one example, um, but I, I mean I think you're spot on what we're able to do with data these days is almost arguably creepy in some areas but
0: lean into it because uh, it's not going away. <laughs> it, it is not and your sales philosophy is to put people first and bring authenticity and collaboration back to sales. Take us to school. What are the four key points to achieve this in sales?
1: Yes, and the first piece I wanna start in is the authenticity. Um, You know, early on in my career, the the people I was reporting to, men, um, love them, and I'm still very close to them to this day, but were different than me. They were very buttoned up, they were very processed. And so I didn't understand, that I could be me with my high energy and my personality and still be a great leader. So I spent the first probably eight to 10 years of my career trying to conform to be the leader that they were. And I don't know when the exact moment was, but somewhere in there, I figured out the heck with this. I can be who I am as a leader. And I'll tell you what, that is when my career took off. I started attracting other people who were like me and who were wired this way um, and created a one of the most diverse teams and i'll argue the best cultures in pro sports at the time um and so that was a powerful moment so for women for men whoever it is out there that need to hear this figure out how to put yourself in an environment in a culture and be authentically you um sooner than later because it can get tough to learn this lesson the, the more you go on and then just with the people i mean anyone who's worked for me with me knows of me should know this like it is all about the people um, and for me, it's not just how can I help you grow professionally? How can I help you grow personally? Because especially in sports, I mean, those things are so intertwined. It's it's unbelievable. Um, and honestly, you can bleep me out here. It's really just about giving a shit. And that's not something you can learn reading a management book. You just inherently have it in you or you don't. Um, I, I've had it in me and I care. And things like mental health and... Um, you know, checking in on people, helping them understand how you want to help them grow, understanding what makes them tick. All these things are are so important. And sadly, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people miss. So I could ramble on a little bit more there, but I'll, I'll stop there.
0: Well, no, I think that's great. Those are awesome examples about putting people first. And the, you know, the two examples, the first one was about you yourself as the leader Like You have to put yourself first, meaning your personality, who you are inherently, if you want to be the leader um, that you aspire to be. You can't do that by wearing a mask every day. Um, Well, not like a COVID mask, like a a mask pretending that you're somebody else. And then then that second piece was was putting people first as in the people who work for you and supporting that, that 360 human being. And um, and that's the way you're gonna be able to take them to the next level. I love it. Yep. Okay, so final four questions for you. And I feel like this first one is not going to be a one-word answer, and it's I definitely don't want a one-word answer. Is your best piece of advice for women today so they can level up tomorrow?
1: Honestly, and I hope this doesn't come across as harsh. No excuses. Like Again, there's no better time to be a woman, a person of color, a member of the LGBTQ plus community than right now. So no excuses, be proactive, go work your networks and go figure out how to get your foot in the door and or get to where you want to be because you can do it.
0: <laughs> Amazing answer. What is your favorite place to travel?
1: Whoo, I, um, I'm going to go with Paris and I can't wait until I can internationally travel again. Um, but my twin sister lived in Paris for a few years and I got to visit them there and it is a beautiful place.
0: Oh, that's awesome. Um, where are the best crepes in Paris? Oh God, I wish I could
1: remember. Um,
0: everywhere is probably the right answer. (laughs) Yes,
1: that's awesome. And you're a twin? Identical twin. Yeah. And I have an adorable two-year-old nephew who I'm obsessed with, um, and they live in Atlanta. So that's why getting to Dallas and being closer to them you know, the pandemic makes you realize what matters in life. And for me, families become more important than ever. And I had this moment of like, what am I doing? Um, so here I am.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't beat it. DFW and Atlanta, like two of the biggest airports in the country. I'm sure you have numerous options every day to get there, to see them. That's awesome. There you go. Good for you. Okay. What is your pump up music? If you, I don't know if you oh God. Would. okay, okay. <laughs> I
1: don't know I'm horrible. With I'm gonna go with um Jay Z, run this town that gets oh. me like pumped up.
0: <laughs> I can, I can see that, and I can see Panther City running out to that. There we go.
1: There we go. That's, Let's do it.
0: That is gonna be a should pumped game. Yeah, <laughs> jot that down. Okay. <laughs> And finally, what is your
1: favorite quote? Uh, So I'm going to give you both my favorite quote and a funny story. So my favorite quote is don't come at me with problems, come at me with solutions. Because I mean, I think there's a lot of takeaways there. But seriously, for those of you looking to advance in your career, always start with, you know, hey, this is happening. And here's how I think we can fix it, right? That's how you're going to critically think. And and that's how you're going to grow. When I first got out to the Kings, um, I was 25 years old. 26 10 years ago, and I really felt like I had to, you know, earn my credibility and, and prove that I was worthy of being a senior manager and blah, blah, blah. So I put this sign outside my office that read, don't come at me with problems, come at me with solutions. Well, about two days in, um, somebody had crossed off the extra L that I had put in solution and said, here's a solution. And I loved it. I thought it was the funniest thing ever. I stink at spelling. And I think the, the staff was like testing me on how I was gonna react to that. And instead of kind of flipping out of like, who did this? I'm like, this is hilarious. And so I think in some ways I ended up earning credibility with the staff by being fun and like, cool. Yeah, I can make fun of myself too. I totally spelled this wrong. Um, but anyways, that was a, a little nugget from the Kings.
0: Great story. And I, the quote question is always my final question but I've got one more for you. Yeah, let's do it. How do you maintain your level of energy and positivity every day? Give us some
1: tips. Here's the wildest part. I don't drink coffee. What you've seen me drinking is water. So this is just real deal energy. Um, but it's interesting because I do also need my downtime to recharge, which a lot of people struggle to understand. Um, I think it's ambivert is, is the word where you're kind of this intro introverted extrovert. And I think it's important to talk about this stuff. Um, but no, for me, it's just like, I love what I do. And I love the people that I do it with. So it's so easy to be, uh, be impassionate, but don't get me wrong. I mean, there's times where I'm just kind of an observer and low key and people are like, what's wrong. Nothing's wrong. I just don't have the, the energy right now, but no, it's just, it's who I am. Um, I do need to be aware too, that sometimes it can be overwhelming for people or not received in a way. So for those listening who also have a lot of energy. It's an amazing trait, but do be aware of how people are receiving it.
0: <laughs> That's a great tip. We want to follow you and all of your success. Where can we stay in touch?
1: Yes, let's be friends. So um, for sure, connect with me on LinkedIn and then Instagram. A little more of my personal life, but um, feel free to follow along. It's Lisa underscore Fig, um, and I would love to connect.
0: That's awesome. And what about the teams?
1: Yeah, so um, I, following us on Instagram is, is probably the best bet. We have an amazing marketing team. So um, Dallas Wings and then Panther City Lacrosse, you should be able to, to find them there. Um, otherwise you can check out our website and uh, find all the different Twitter. I, I still need to get better at Twitter and I don't tick or talk, but I'll get there. So we'll start with those. <laughs>
0: what there's so many ways to connect on social media you got to just pick your one and put your energy into it I had to just finally draw a line in the sand because showing up on trying to show up on all of those platforms was not working for me and uh, so I chose Instagram
1: there you go me too we're all we
0: there it is. Yes, yeah, <laughs> secondary LinkedIn. I, but uh that one can overwhelm at times. And in the the pathway, I like open up LinkedIn on my computer and then I wonder why did I open this in the first place? I was like looking for somebody's rabbit to... hole. Rabbit that, hole, that's my favorite term. Yes. Yes, that news feed, it gets me every time. I just I gotta see the industry news. So <laughs> Lisa, you got me so fired up, Um, what a wonderful way to start my day, and I know that this conversation with you is going to impact my team, Uh, your energy is infectious, and um, you laid down so many lessons for us today, thank you for sharing your time, and uh, and your brain on the Leadership is Female podcast.
1: Yes, and thank you, and thank you for all the work you're doing in this space, it's
0: important, it's very important, so appreciate uh, the invite. And I've had a blast. With that, let's get into the top four takeaways. Number one, be you. Be the leader you are, not the leader they are. Number two, put people first. In leadership, think about how can I help you grow personally and professionally when working with your reports? Give a care. Number three, when hiring, look at roles differently and take a risk on someone with non-sports experience. That perspective could very well help your bottom line. And number four, simply put, no excuses. Hey leaders, if you want to be in for a treat, definitely subscribe to this show if you have not done so already because we have so many amazing episodes coming up. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify, wherever you listen so you don't miss out. And if you leave us a review or post about me or tag Leadership is Female on your Instagram stories, To talk about the show, we'll enter you into a giveaway. We're giving away something every single month, some of my favorite things from my favorite work bag to my favorite sunglasses. Make sure that you spread the word and we will reward you for that. I'll also send you a personal thank you note and repost your comments and reviews. Last thing, did this episode bring you any insights, ideas, aha moments, Anything you are inspired by. If so, take one second and share the link. Post about it on your Instagram, text your friend, email. So many ways to share Leadership is Female. And if you do post about this show, again, don't forget to tag at Leadership is Female or at Emily Jansen or my awesome guest today. Because knowing that this conversation made a difference for you means the world to us and we love to see it. Thank you so much. This podcast was recorded and edited by Emily Jansen, public relations by Paige Hegedis and distributed by Anchor FM.